Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Evelyn and this is my podcast Life Over Matter. And as you've probably gathered by now, if you've listened to a couple episodes already, that this is the podcast dedicated to the journey of getting through all of life's matters, right? And uh, we're all in this together. We're all going through this together. And so I try to get all of these goals set up and try to get everything lined up and try to understand what everything means at the same time. Like, what is the meaning of life? How did we get here? You know, (laughs) why are we here? Why do we have bad days? Why do we have great days? And what do they mean for us? Mental health, right? Or all the curiosities of the in-between, you know, the afterlife and, uh, you know, all of the vibrational healing that can happen. And so I cover a vast majority of things. And today I'm going to talk to you about the importance of having a safe space or a rest space. Okay, it's nothing too technical, nothing too intricate, not reading uh, or, or really referencing any articles, just having a conversation with you about something that came to me pretty naturally and uh, is one of the greatest uh, practices that I do. And when I don't have it, it creates this void for me. And uh, I know at that point that it covers a lot of the bases that I try to cover in life, the self-care base, the um, clarity, the stimulation that I need to give me motivation or inspiration to continue with my goals and press forward and not really listen to any of the opinions of others when it comes to something that I want or something that I need uh, for my health or for my well-being or for my imagination, for something that needs to be, you know, in my life. And the safe space for me is my spiritual room. Now, the story behind the spiritual room is when I was growing up, I was raised Catholic. And as you know, this podcast is not a religious podcast by any stretch. As an adult, I started to still believe in Catholicism, but believe in all other religions too. I started to sit back and say, well, what makes this more true than this? Or where is the proof that this happened, but this didn't? Or how can I love this idea more than I love this idea? It's all really a matter of what your imagination tells you is the road, right? So then I started identifying that all of these roads make sense. And all of these roads lead to the same one thing, okay? So, outside of this, as my dad was suffering from cancer, um, it was a long journey in my teenagehood. He had cancer for nine years, and uh, we didn't understand any medical anything about what was happening with him. Uh, as a family, we were on this roller coaster together, and we were learning about what, you know, T cell counts mean in blood work. We were learning about what the differences in certain types of tumors were and how dangerous they were, regardless of where they were located on your body, Uh, how fast normally a growth would grow. 
or get smaller? What types of tests or trials would be significant in whether he was curable or not? And what made it even worse was that he was very scared, as we all would be if we're faced with that scenario or have ever been faced with that scenario. At any rate, my mom had always said that she was going to find him. If he passed away, if he succumbed to the disease, that she would find him on the other side. They were a love story beyond all love stories. They had met when they were teenagers and pretty much blown everything to the wind and said, let's just be together. And then, of course, my father was in the service and they were in different countries where they got pregnant and started their life together many, many years ago. So, uh, as he was starting to lose his battle, um, and my mom was starting to grieve even before he had crossed over to the other side, I remember her starting to do research in the evenings, late into the night, of what would make the difference, what would help her with her grief. And she came across the Japanese form of healing, uh, of an alternative medicine and holistic therapy in Reiki. After my dad passed away and she grieved, and still, I mean, she grieved for years. She threw that grief into the understanding of holistic medicine and alternative therapies. And that led her to a spiritual lifestyle. What a lot of people call new age, right? So uh, she would tell all of us all the time, this is what I'm practicing. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm doing it. Have you ever heard of this? Have you ever heard of this? And they were all very new concepts to us. We had no idea what this, that, and the other was. As a matter of fact, yoga just really started popping onto the big screen. It was the new thing. Uh, and I had just gotten out of high school. I was in my second year of college, actually. And uh, those were the hip things to do at college was yoga and Pilates and there was the music and there was the outfits and you know I'd known that like it was comfortable and it drew up a lot of energy and this that and the other thing it didn't really have YouTube to find out what was going on with it you know and learn all of the powers in which you know any type of holistic medicine could have but what led to the road of holistic therapy just to kind of rewind for a moment was that the therapies for my dad had gotten so expensive. I remember them being astronomically expensive. And the closer he got uh, to getting as sick as he got, the more money my parents were willing to spend on his safety and his health. At any rate, she dove into this headfirst and started studying. And in that, she created a spiritual room. And it was the an, an, a room in our house that was theirs. And she took out all of the furniture. And she took down all of the wallpaper at the time. Remember, it's the 90s, early 2000s. Wallpaper's a thing. She took down the wallpaper. She took down, she pulled up the carpet. She, she took the room down to its absolute bare bones. And she put up different colors on the walls that were peaceful and serene. And, and I believe there was like lavender uh, sprouts that were coming out from around the edges of the room 
in wallpaper border, if I remember correctly. She put a massage table in there, she put a couch in there, and she opened our house for business. I didn't live at home at the time, so opened her house for business. I lived at school, and I remember coming home uh, on the weekends or, you know, every other month or something like that, and seeing this room progressing into some place that was just a little slice of heaven, some place that you could go into and uh, just feel like everything was going to be okay. As soon as you walk through the threshold of the door, you felt like you were being hugged, like it was just a cushion of room. Everything in there was so beautiful and untouched. It was like a museum of sorts. All of the spiritual things that she had been given by different patients, all of the uh, little trinkets and things that would create steam or have little fountains or Zen gardens, uh, anything that was a completely new concept to me. But I realized that I didn't need to have a Reiki session to go in there and feel the peace, tranquility, and center as you know, other people needed that were patients that were going in there. It didn't really matter how amazing my mom was at this Reiki therapy that as long as they went into that room and they felt what I felt when I went in there, then they would feel like everything was going to be okay no matter what the problem upon exiting that room. And so over the years, my mom had fixed up the house. She remarried. She had fixed up the house and she had sold it. My dad had built that house from the ground up with his bare hands with no license to do so. No background in any type of construction, anything like that. He just saved his money in a sock. And every time that he got enough money to build onto the house, he did. And so the house was a reflection of my dad's work. But it started to get old over the years and it started to creak and the winters just seemed to get colder, you know? It was on the side of the roads. So you could always hear the cars going by all the time. And it became a lot of upkeep for my mom. And then when she got married, she wanted a house of her own with her husband. So they moved and sold the house. At any rate, in the new house, it had already been put together. My mom didn't need to have clients anymore. She met with her group who all did the same thing that she did. Only they also didn't take on patients, clients. Uh, And I never lost the concept of the spiritual room. Over the years, I've had many different places that I've lived. And I couldn't wait to have my own house because I knew that that's something that I wanted to do. If I was able to do it, that was something that I wanted to do. And so when I moved into my house, there was uh, a room that was treated by the previous owner like a storage closet or a den. I remember walking into it and there being like this old gold brass and glass furniture. I'm not even kidding. If you are in your 40s and you're listening to this and you're in the United States, the world went through a phase where everything was brass and glass. And when I walked into my house before I purchased it, uh, it had a lot of golden girls flair to it. There was a lot of big flowers. There was my kitchen table when I moved in was bright pink velvet. Not kidding. Bright pink velvet. Anyway, as much as I love that and it had a very St. Elmo's fire Demi Moore vibe to it, which I absolutely love. I knew that I needed to do some 
some cleaning up. I got rid of all of the brass and glass. I ended up donating it out. I figured that someone somewhere would still be nostalgic enough to buy an entire set of brass and glass bookshelving and coffee tables and end tables and all that fun stuff. And I even kept the couch that was in there. There was an old, heavy, I'm, I'm talking like a million pound couch that was in there. I kept the couch. And I took everything else out of the room. And beneath all of the junk, there was this brand new plush, thick, white carpeting. I mean, so thick that when I put my hands down on it, it took on the shape of my hand whenever I pulled it away. So I'll tell you the rest about my spiritual room right after this break. Thank you so much for staying with me through that break. I'm, I'm so deep in this, and hopefully you are too. I'm talking to you about a safe space. In order to tell you about the safe space, I'm telling you about my spiritual room, which if you've been listening to me for a long time, you know already what my spiritual room looks like, because I've talked about it before. But kind of going over the history of why it is the way that it is, okay, and what it is today, and why it's significant. So, um... I had this room, I'd cleared out everything, I donated it to charity, various charities, except for the couch. And I'd had all of these boxes of different artifacts that I'd collected over the course of several years. So to fill you in, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I have a lot of curiosities in the afterlife, especially after losing my dad. After losing my dad, there were several family members that I had lost uh, in a row. It was like boom, 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 boom to everything that you can imagine from suicide to uh other diseases, drug overdoses, like it was just boom, 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 boom. And a lot of the family that had passed, I was incredibly close to. So I felt I was in this gray area for a while where I was just like, why is this happening? You know, what does this mean? Uh, And I felt very detached. I felt very empty for a long time when it came to uh, questions about the afterlife. I just didn't have any answers or have any way to grieve for those people anymore because my hope had been lost on a lot of things. Uh, and so I, I, I mean, that, that happened, you know, 20 years ago. So I've had a lot of time to come to terms and understand and get better at dealing with death um, by no stretch the best, but I'm older and I'm wiser. Uh, So you look at things a little bit differently whenever you get older than when you're 20 and, you know, you go through all this loss in a year or two, you know, uh, of people of all ages. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense ever. But really, when you're in your early 20s, you just don't, you don't understand. Anyway, so I get this house, I clear everything out, I donate to charity. I have this amazing carpet that's in there. I find this, these roots that are in there, you know, the, the carpet is good. It's, it's so soft. And so I decided to put a fireplace in it um, because I love fire. There's something, I'm an earth sign for horoscope, but there's something about fire. I always have candles lit all over the place. Uh, you can ask anybody who knows me, anybody who sees me or has been in my house, I've got real candles burning all of the time. Um, and I don't know why, I don't know if it's just an obsession or if it's a collection thing. I don't know what it is, but 
I, uh, I put a fireplace in there. Okay, an electric fireplace, because let's be honest, I live in Florida. It's 100 degrees every day. And uh, then I started with these boxes of collector's artifacts that I've gotten from different gurus of all different religions from all over the world. Uh, I have different necklaces, stones. Um, I have, you know, things that are... are, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they have no value to anybody else. But to me, there's a story behind every single artifact. So I set it up like a museum. Every little table has an exhibit of some kind of some collector's item that I've gotten from, you know, some voodoo priestess or a, a actual priest or, uh, you know, a Tibetan monk or um, an Indian, a real native Indian from the mountains of Sedona. Like, I have different um, different artifacts that are all over the place. I even have, um, like, Eskimo um, blessings from Alaska that have been given, you know, in different seminars that I'd gone to where I'd met with these spiritual gurus that were, you know, Eskimos. So like I have different things set up in the room. Um, and on the full moon, I collect a lot of the items. I put them on the windowsill and I do moon water as everybody who knows me knows that I do. And then I, I, you know, I will drink that water when I have certain meditations and stuff like that. Anyway, the room was really cool anyway. Um, as soon as people come to visit, it's one of the first things that either they want to see or I want to show to them. Okay. And one of the biggest reasons is because I've done all of the lighting inside to um, reflect the mood that I'm in or want to be in. Like, so um, sometimes living in Florida, I get very homesick for my family that lives in Pennsylvania. And it's, it it happens more than I'm older. When I was younger, I was like, they're okay. They're fine without me. I'm going to do me, right? Uh, As I get older, I find myself sometimes get really lonely for them. And if not for them as people, get lonely for the climate. Like I tell everybody all the time, you can take the girl out of the mountains, but you can't take the mountains out of the girl. I I can point out Pennsylvania from a million miles away. When I see it on TV, I'm like, oh, that's Pennsylvania. Or whenever we get close to Pennsylvania, when we're driving there, I can smell. I can smell the different combination of trees. Uh, I can tell when I'm there, I get this special feeling that I don't get anywhere else when I travel. Uh, Because it's home to me. It's where my heart is. You know, as much as I love Florida, and I'll live in Florida most likely for the rest of my life, uh, I really resonate deeply with home. Anyhow, so I also very passionate about scents. Anybody who's been listening to this or knows me knows that as well. So I've got oils that will smell like different moods. So in the room in itself, I've got lights that go down to make it all candlelight. So it's completely pitch black and just full of candles, which is one of my favorite whenever I'm meditating. I've got another scene that's in there that when the lights go down, it's all treetops. So you feel like you're sitting in a tree house or that you're sitting on the branches of a tree and sound effects will go off. That'll be birds or nighttime crickets so that you're sitting in a tree. 
uh, or camping. That was one of my favorites whenever the pandemic was happening. Whenever you would lay on the floor in there, uh, stars would come out amongst the trees and brown would be on the ground and it would feel like you were camping. Um, I also have, of course, the lake effect where you're hearing the water of the lake hit the rocks. But I have another setting where everything goes down, a moon comes up, and the entire room fills with stars. Pretty awesome stuff. I've got a thunderstorm setting where whenever you turn everything down, if you want it to be a thunderstorm, all you have to do is turn the setting on and clouds appear. And all of a sudden, all of the lights start to flicker and you see lightning rods going across the ceiling uh, and it sounds like it's pouring down rain on you. It's just an absolute amazing feeling. Aside from that, in the spiritual room, I do have a lot of, you know, tools and, and things like that. People will come over and they'll meditate with me. It's just the greatest safe space. But my point is as I talk to you about my spiritual room, is that that is my spot. That is my spot to distract me from some of the stresses that happen in life uh, on the outside of that room. It is some place that distracts me from if I'm having a, a crazy day that's one thing right after the other. It is the one hiccup that tells me that everything's going to be all right. And I don't necessarily need to have a room that I, now that I know that I'm older, I, I've realized that I don't have to have a room for that to be able to utilize those advantages. And neither do you, right? So let's say you live in a smaller home and it's, you know, just one bedroom and you don't have the space. Maybe you share it with a bunch of people. Uh, you deserve a place even if it's in your car or if it's in on the floor in the corner of a room where you can have 10 minutes of quiet or 10 minutes of a place where you can escape to your favorite imaginary place so that you can have a a place that you can alleviate stress because another common topic that's happened just recently is the shock of being able to pass away from a broken heart. I've talked about that on this podcast before. People don't realize that that can be a thing. Uh, And I'm sure there's a bunch of medical science behind it that I don't know because I'm not a doctor. But, uh, you know, there is this coincidence where people who have been together all their lives or who are meant to be together will die very close in proximity to each other. And they say that it's from a broken heart. Or, uh, you know, I had lost my cousin this year. Uh, this past year, 2022, I lost my cousin uh, who lost her son the year beforehand. And they say that she may have died of a broken heart. And if you give yourself the space and the time and the moments that you need to process this, and you don't need a spiritual room. As amazing as mine is and how much I love it and wish I were in it right now as I'm talking to you, Uh, You don't need it to sort out your thoughts, but you do need to sort out your thoughts. And it could be listening to your favorite music. There's this one YouTube channel and it's um, it's called Lofi, L-O-F-I. And it's got all of these animations. There's one that I love and it's of this girl and uh, it's a still for the most part. Sometimes it rains in her window, but she's sitting 
uh, at her computer. She's lying in bed, and it's just beats. It's just on a on a circle, on a rotation, just listening to different beats. And I'll oftentimes sit in the living room, and I'll turn Lofi on, and it's chill music. And if you put that into YouTube, if you just put chill music on, Lofi beats should come up. Uh, and it, it it broke a record last year for being the longest running without a commercial uh, channel on YouTube. And uh, if you just close your eyes and you think about your life and you think about everything that's going on and the things that you can't change and you're okay with them, you let them settle. It's kind of like when you get angry at somebody or something and you write something to them or you have a knee-jerk reaction, you almost always end up regretting it afterwards. But if you give yourself time to sit with it and think about it and let that idea simmer for a little while, you look at it differently when you've had that chance to absorb it in. And that's why it's so important to have the safe space, right? So you can have an enclosed area with lights and sounds. And if you're able to do that, then I highly suggest it. There are these tools and projection items and, you know, you can collect things too. You don't have to travel the world. Every single town has somebody in it who believes like I do. Every town in it has you know, someone who is going to give you their outlook on life and they don't have to be a spiritual guru. They could be a doctor. They could be a lawyer. They could be a person walking down the street that you just happen to meet at the subway station. You know, like they could be anybody who could enlighten you on the way that they think and see the world. And you can take that with you wherever you go and you can think about it and you can feel it and you can let that be a part of you and allow their experiences to shape the way that you think about and deal with the issues that come in front of you at certain times or another. You know, it is important to have the safe space within you uh, is the most major lesson of it all. Within you, make that safe space where you can go no matter what your predicament is, no matter what your life is like, no matter what the size of your home is. Have that space within your soul that you can go and you can tell yourself, no matter if you understand it or if it has answers or if you're in the middle of grieving, grieving a relationship, grieving a death, grieving a, a job, grieving uh, anything or celebrating your, you've gotten so happy or excited. You've got a baby coming, a wedding coming. You've got, you know, you're just happy with your life. You've got grandkids on the way. You love your house. You love your car. Anything you're dealing with happy, sad, negative, positive, have that safe space within you where you can process the feelings that come within it. So important. So important. That process is going to clear that jar that everything goes into throughout the day in the hustle, in the bustle, in the craziness of the rush. You know, all of the things that go in that jar that we forget to clean out all the time that overwhelms everything when we don't. Clean it out by having that time with yourself in your safe space. I hope this all made sense and I hope that this all gave you that warm fuzzy feeling because it sure did for me. As I was talking to you about it, I realized the epiphanies that came along with it as I set up my spiritual room, why it's so important to me and why processing those feelings as they come is also so significant. At any rate, I hope that you enjoyed this. Please feel free to share it with your family and friends. And until next time, I hope that you have a wonderful morning, a great afternoon, and a good night.